Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000, is the number if you're listening on Grace FM and Radio by Grace Network, this is live, and so you can call right now and everything will happen live. If you're listening on Hope FM or Truth FM or Higher Rock Radio, you're hearing this in a one-week delay, and all that really means is you can call while the show's on the air, you'll talk live to the audience that's listening live, and then you'll get to listen in the following week to yourself uh, on the radio, it's kind of a cool, it's kind of interesting because it's like listening to yourself on your voicemail. Not not many people like doing that, uh, but it is kind of cool and you'll get used to it. it it'll be fine. Uh, and you can hear yourself on the radio one week delayed. Pretty cool. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. We're taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. The phone lines are wide open. Uh, look forward to being together in the Lord tonight here at Calvary. We meet at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So if you're in the Denver metro area, come on out. Uh, We are here. If you are anywhere else uh, outside of Denver metro, then you can watch us online. You can down... The best way to do that is download our app and turn on notifications. Download our app. And the way you do that is go to your app store, put my name in there, Ed Taylor, and it'll pop right up. There's a lot of Calvary churches, but there's only one with Ed Taylor. Um, Just like there's a lot of Calvary churches and there's only one with Skip Heitzig, uh, if you put either one of our names in there, you'll get our corresponding apps, uh, and you can connect with us that way, and we you can listen to Grace FM Live there as well, and get all the information related to our church. We sent out an uh, a uh, we sent out an encouragement every morning. Um, 8, 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, so something that I write and have <clears throat> put in to schedule to go out Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, 8 a.m., and uh, different information related. You can actually connect with us in a variety of different ways. Also, for the show, uh, I want to remind you, you can always text me, 720-336-0897, will fill the show with text from that line. Uh, and if you have prayer requests, we'll send them to our prayer team. And we are grateful to be able to pray for you and pray with you uh, in the Lord. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number... I wanted to pray over this. We're going to start the program with this prayer text that came in at 817. 
uh, and it has an area code outside of Colorado, so I'm glad you guys are using it. It was pray for me and my wife, and I'm not going to mention the names, but pray. I want out of my marriage so bad. I need God to guide me on what to do. So, Father, I pray for this marriage, J and R, uh, and this brother is has these desires and emotions to get out of the marriage. So I pray specifically for your guidance on telling him exactly what to do, to fight for his marriage, to die to himself. And the advantage for us is we don't know the details, but we do know you hate divorce, and we do know that it has long-lasting consequences. So whatever needs to be resolved, whatever needs your attention, uh, whatever that looks like, Lord, we pray that you would give him wisdom and understanding on exactly how on exactly how to persevere in his marriage in Jesus name amen and amen 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 taking your calls and your questions let me go over to our call screen and see what we got here. All right, we'll start right here in Colorado. Steve and Blackhawk, welcome to the program. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, it's good to talk with you. Yes. I was curious about uh, Mark chapter 14. I believe it is uh, verse 51. Okay. About the young man that was uh, following after Jesus <clears throat> after he was uh, arrested. Okay. Uh, it was scantily clothed, and uh, uh, the young men of the group uh, took him, took his uh, linen cloth, and uh, sure. he ran away naked. Uh, who who was that? And uh, it's, he's described that whole. We aren't told who he is. He's just described as a young man that was following the crowd. Following, yeah. Doesn't it seems that he's taking a position uh, against the mob? So it tells me that he probably was associated. Again, as we talk this through, um, he's associated with Jesus as a Jesus follower, and the mob tried to grab him, and uh, they got a hold of his shirt. He got out of his shirt and he ran away naked, or you know, his shirt or his his tunic, you know, whatever clothing he was wearing at the time. It was his. It, it was, it's the Greek word sendon, and it's a linen cloth, so it's probably his robe. Yeah. Yeah? It doesn't say who he is, but it, I would say just from the text, context, that he was a follower of Christ. The mob saw that, went after him, and he was willing to save his life, even at the sake of great embarrassment, having to run away naked for his life. Yeah. It's interesting that a young man like that uh, would... Uh, uh, be so brave uh, when when the rest of the uh, <clears throat> the remaining eleven uh, abandoned or f- fleed, for the lack of a better word. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? I think um, I think you make a good point based on this text. Something to consider uh, because the it's amazing uh, what people do, even believers, uh, in the midst of crisis. And I think you it, this could be a great essence of a Bible study, or at least an application in a Bible study, where you have two predominant responses to crisis. You have people that run away from crisis, and you have people that run to crisis. And 
You Even those that you, sometimes the people that run away are the ones you never would expect that would run away. But it was the crisis that revealed something about their character or a flaw in their life. And then the people that you would never consider, maybe you, maybe we've written off or maybe we didn't, you know, it doesn't make sense that a young man would stick around while his own followers uh, <laughs> forsook him. And yet we're often surprised by the grace of God and by the work of God in people that we know nothing about. Yeah. Well, uh, there is the point, though, that uh, it doesn't actually say that he interfered in them trying to take him, him, but but the young men seized him, but but he was was still there, and he had been following uh, Christ, and and then... uh, even Peter continued to to follow after him uh, uh, up to a point. Yeah, I think so. I think the reality of of this, as we step back, is sticking to the text. Just what's been revealed to us. This young man's. I, I'm look. I'm now I was reading from the NLT. I came back to the NL, in New King James. It says, "Then all forsook him and fled." A certain young man followed him. He had a linen cloth thrown around his bo- his naked body. And the young men laid hold of him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. And, you know, again, you're you're talking about one of the most valuable possessions that a person would have, too. Like, uh, sometimes right. that's all they would have. And he was willing to leave it behind to save his life. Um, and it wasn't—he wasn't forsaking Jesus. He was saving his life from the mob. I mean, it's a great—this would—like I said, this was—what you and I are doing right now is the essence of Bible study and preparing sermons— <laughs> Because this is a great Amen. illustration. Okay. Well, I, I thank you very much. Thank I, you. We were just reading it the other night, and it uh, uh, was rather puzzling, so I thought, ah, Ed yes. will have the answers. So. It's really good. I appreciate <laughs> I you calling. You, and if you could uh, uh, pray for uh, uh, all those uh, people that uh, are are struggling today. Yes. Uh, Let's do that right with, now. Uh, with violence, with violence. Uh, 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 pestilence with uh, poverty. Uh, there are many uh, who are needing the, the grace of God. Father, I agree with my brother Steve. We pray for those that are in great need right now, economically, spiritually, emotionally, greatly challenged, maybe hurt by trauma, uh, in their mind wounded uh, in a way that isn't manifested physically. And we, I agree with my brother um, so grateful, even in his own Bible study, it's reading, just his Bible reading uh, is raising up so many questions that we might be able to answer in you, but also be more usable for your kingdom. I mean, ultimately, that's our desire. Our desire is to be more usable, um, to be more available to you, Lord. Uh, and for that, we're grateful that you would trust us with the, you know, with the essence of your kingdom. I mean, it's, it's amazing that you would allow us... Uh, the great privilege to be used of you. And so we pray for those in need, and we also would be uh, available to be used by you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. And right, until man. I see you or Jesus again. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Bye-bye. Bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your question grateful uh, that the Lord is doing wonderful things in our lives, just being open to 
a work of your Holy Spirit really is what it amounts to, uh, the faithfulness of God and his goodness. And we're taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000. We're going to stick around in Greeley. George is on line two. George, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you, Pastor? Good. How are you, George? I'm doing good. Um, I have a question about uh, Genesis 22.1. Okay. It says God tempted Abraham when... And I thought God didn't tempt anybody. Yeah, a better translation of that word is tested, not tempted. So oh. temptation has a has a connotation of drawing someone to sin, but that's not what God was doing here. God was bringing a test in Abraham's life to reveal his heart to him. Okay, okay. Yeah, I had the new the King James Version, that's why it said tempted. Yeah, I'm reading, I just pulled it up, I'm going to pull it, I just pulled it up in my Bible, I have a New King James, and it's tested. The word is, uh, let me see it, let me see where it's used here. Um, it means to test, to t- try, or to prove. It's the Hebrew word nesa, and and let me see if I can find the word tempted in the Hebrew. I'm certain it's a different Hebrew word um, that speaks of a temptation towards sin. Okay. Let me just see if I can find one real quick. Don't go anywhere. Where are you calling from, Greeley? How how are things in yeah. Greeley? What's going on, and what's the Lord doing in Greeley? Oh, the Lord's moving tremendously in Greeley. Yes? What's God doing in your life? Oh, He's um, helping me with my marriage. Is He? Yes. That's good. Are you seeing and, progress? And my daughter. Yes? She's been sober for 11 months now. No way. Yep. Now, while we're talking about this with victory in your marriage and sobriety, I'm looking up the word tempt a few times in the New King James, and it's the same Hebrew word. Uh, for example, in Exodus 17, verse 2, it says, Why do you contend with me, and why do you tempt the Lord? In Deuteronomy six sixteen, it's the same thing. Don't tempt the Lord. I have a feeling um, that when it's used from man toward God, it has a connotation of drawing like a sinful response, but it's used God when it's used of God toward man, he's drawing out from us. Um, right, okay. I, I'm gonna that's my first thought when those when that same word is used. But of course, you you know, we have to remember contextually, that's how we, we both look at the definition of a word. For example, in the Greek, right, agape. I mean love can be agape, uh, it could be eros, it could be phileo, but but really, not only does the word help us understand the Greek word, but the context helps right. us understand as well. So kind of looking at this, I only see, you know, one, two, three, four, five times it's translated in the, well, actually just three times in the Old Testament, the same word is translated tempt. But we know from the context going on that what's happening with Abraham is really just a test. Um, And it reveals to Abraham everything he needs to know in his faith walk with God at that point. Right. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up. Well, bless you, George. God bless you. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. We're going to head all the way over to Mississippi now. On line three is Daryl. Daryl, welcome to the program. 
thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yes, I had a heard listening to your station. That, am I right? And you've experienced some grief before. You are uh, right. I have. I've. Did you lose a child? My son died in 2013. Yes. Okay. Well, I just lost my mom. She raised me and my sisters, and I was just wondering how you dealt with your grief. You know how mm. you got through it. I mean, I have the assurance that she went to heaven. Yes. I have that. <clears throat> she served the Lord as a pianist uh, all her life. Oh wow. We're really off, really close. Well, I'm very, very sorry, uh, first of all, for um, your loss. It's a big one. You know, a lot of times um, losing a parent is one of the first significant areas of grief, deep, deep wounds that a person experiences, and I'm very sorry. I know she was a real important, uh, special part of your life. And I have found that we, we, you know, we don't get over our loss, we get through it. And you use that language, how did I get through it? And first first of all, I I think I got through it sometimes really, really well, and sometimes uh, not so well. It's very hard, very challenging, um, deep, deep wounds. Even though we grieve, I agree with the Bible, we don't grieve like those who have no hope, so we know our future is secure. We, I know my son and with your mom and my parents as well. You know, first my dad, uh, then my son, then my mom uh, kind of happened within a few-year period. Wow. So very significant. Wow. <clears throat> and I don't have a very large family uh, on my side of the family. So, you know, losing my parents uh, and my son was just, um, you know, very, very challenging. Um, but God How is faithful. Uh, how old was I? How are you now? How am I now? You know, I'm doing much better, I think. Uh, I think that I, I'm probably doing as good as I have been in the last nine years. Um, I have been able to endure. I think one of the words that I think of with grief is endurance. Um, or, like you know, sometimes it's translated in the Bible, uh, perseverance, where we just, we, we need to endure the weight of the situation or the weight of the thought or the weight of the memory um, the weight of the pain, and it's it's like uh, it's it's like a wave at the beach. You know, a big wave hits you. You just got to take the hit and know that it's going to go away. You know, it's going to even out, and we get back up. We get back up and stand until the next wave comes. Um, uh, but I, I really do think God has brought me to a stronger place than I've ever been before, which also becomes a vulnerable place of of attack spiritual attack. Um, it's certainly, you know, my son's passing and some some of the ongoing circumstances that surround his passing are a constant, continual, you know, spiritual attack in my life, but um, I'm doing well. I read, I, you know, and I, so I don't want to be um, oversimplistic, but things that I did was I read the Bible <laughs> um, regularly. I didn't leave the book. I didn't read. I didn't leave the Word of God. Um also, I I um, read as many books as I could on uh, grief, um, and I have a list. You know, if you email me, I can send you a list of resources that really, really helped me during grief. I 
Um, we have a ministry here that's all around the country. It's called Grief Share. Uh, Grief Share, and they have a website and they have classes that you can take that will teach you how to deal with this new emotion that you're feeling and pain and all of that. <clears throat> um, and and you know, the Holy Spirit will get you through it day by day. Some days will be better than others. My age today, I'm 54, but it happened. My son passed away when I was 45. Uh, my dad passed away a couple years before that. And my mom passed away a couple years after my son. But you know, my son, the most significant loss in my life, he kind of, he gets the date. So we think of things now, um, unfortunately, but re in reality, uh, before Eddie and after Eddie's passing, because that was kind of the turning point in our life um, um, thus far. So um, I'm, so I was 45 when my son passed away. Okay. Yeah, I've been looking at, uh, you know, uh, scripture that's, it helps, you know, uh, deals with people dying, you know, in the Bible, and yeah. how compassionate Jesus was, you know, yes. towards that. He is compassionate. You'll find that Jesus, you find in the in the economy of God, in the both the old and the new covenant, Jesus, of course, embodying the love of the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, "They're attracted to weakness. God is attracted to brokenness. He's attracted to pain." And we really, I, I would say, and I'm, I'm speaking generally, so I know it doesn't apply to everyone, but rarely do we realize it until we feel the pain. And you know, the loss of a son. The loss of a dad or a mom, divorce, um, loss of a job. Like sometimes we think, well, you know, I've never, I've never lost a son, so I can't feel the kind of pain that you feel. And I would say, although there is a uniqueness to the pain that I feel related to me and, and related to um, my son, for sure, it is grief is grief. Um, and it's felt real by all of us. Um, one hundred percent, and yeah, I, I've noticed that uh, people that I've known, I've noticed that you can, a certain person can go either way. Yes, some people <laughs> draw them real close to the Lord, and other people <laughs> go off the deep end. You know, go the other direction. And you know, it's God's will for you not to go over the deep end. He wants to get you through this. He wants you to know, as you've already learned, but you're going to learn in a deeper way, that he is the God of all comfort, who comforts you in all your tribulation. And, you know, with the holidays, even uh, in the holidays, we have a special class here called, um, we have a special class called um, Surviving the Holidays yeah. that Grief Share puts on, and they give you some very practical tips um, on how to handle the holidays because this will be your first, <clears throat> excuse me, this will be your first Christmas without your mom. And, and you know, the Lord's going to be with you, even as hard as it's going to be. Yes, that's true. So okay. email me. Uh, I'll try to email you. Would you? And, uh, and, and get that. Yeah, I want to send this stuff to you. There's two books in particular, uh, especially if you deal with depression, because sometimes this kicks people into a depression or to a deep, deep, deep discouragement. You know, even we don't have to call it a depression. It could be just a deep discouragement. Um, and there's and two. You kind of feel detached from yes. everybody in the world. You know? Those are that's those are normal. 
Um, and as a matter of fact, what I'm going to do, now that I'm thinking about it, um, I'm not going to hang up with you. Instead, I'm going to put you on hold. And Frank, our producer, he can give you my email address. And then if you would, would you please give him your mailing address and your full name so I can send you a gift? I wrote a book after my son passed away uh, about just receiving the comfort of God. It's not about my life story. It's more of a book of comfort and encouragement. And I want to send that to you as a gift if you would allow me to do that. Sure. Okay, so I'm going to put, I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to put you on hold, and Frank uh, will take care of all the details, and then my assistant will put it in the mail for you, okay? Okay, thank you. Father, I pray for my friend in Mississippi. I know that it's a very hard loss uh, with his mom, and so I pray you would comfort him and encourage him and strengthen him. I know it op- also opens up a big <clears throat> uh, lot of wounds, you know, people listening, that didn't expect to have to deal with this, um, but are thinking about their own grief right now. And so we just pray that we could yield to you uh, in a way that receives your comfort and abides in your love. So I pray for my brother, Daryl, help him in a way that he's never experienced. Give him a special anointing of grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to put you on hold, brother. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Oh, boy. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. And, you know, I appreciate the honesty. Um, That's what this show's about. Obviously, we're a Christian radio station. We want to be honest. We want to talk through things. Um, And even if it's uh, hard to hear or hard to process... We don't want to hide things. I know some of you listening right now, you have a tendency to want to bury things and hide them. Uh, There's a word that they use in the world. They say it's avoidance. And that's kind of how you've chosen to live your life. You just avoid hard things. You avoid grief, kind of delay it. Like like if you avoid it, it'll go away. But, you know, it's not that way, is it? Uh, It doesn't go away. It gets worse. Um, we want to face it head on in the full weight of it and just talk about it and get it out in the open because hidden, it has all kinds of power over us. But in the light, man, there's no power. We, we take the power away. Um, so give me a call. We have an open line or we did have an open line, but it'll be open soon enough. 303-690-3000, 303 Six nine zero three thousand. Of course, you can always text me. I see a lot of texts have come in. I want you to know if we don't get to your text over on the air, uh, we're going to pray over them. Um, and if it's a Bible question, you can always text it again. That's a dedicated number, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week uh, for prayer. Seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. And please pray for me. I'm, I'm my. I can feel my voice going away disappearing. And this is why I'm going to be completely upfront with you. We had our staff appreciation party, Christmas party this last Sunday, and we had a lot of fun. It was super competitive. And uh, I have a tendency to have a loud voice. So my I overused my voice that night, and I'm paying the price for it right now. 
and kind of fighting off something. A lot of people are fighting things off. I think I'm fighting off something, so I'm sure you are too. But we're going to present ourselves to the Lord to be used. We're going to allow him to fully have our submission and surrender. And then at the end of the day, like at the end of this program, God will get all the glory for the great things he has done. And indeed, he has done great things. And we are grateful. 303-690-3000. We will be right back. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, taking your calls and questions. Again, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, taking your calls and your questions, 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand is the number three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Want to do my best to preserve my voice, <clears throat> and so if I uh, clear my throat a little bit before I hit the button to silence the mic, please forgive me. <clears throat> it is part of the package today, so let's go right to the phone lines here in Aurora, Colorado. Julia, welcome to the program. Hey, Ed. How are you feeling? Uh, you know, I'm actually feeling okay, but my voice is being strained. I've been talking all day today, and um, so my voice know, is so strained. I know, and you strained. have service later, too. Yes, yes. It's good, though. <laughs> well, I, I really do appreciate, you know, your your perseverance and how you're just always serving. So I do commend you for that. It's an honor. So what's going on? <laughs> so I have... I have a I have a question and then a prayer request, and I think I'm going to start with the question. Okay. Um, I'm going to be very general, though, so do bear with me. Okay. There is a specific Bible teacher that I enjoy listening to, and okay. I really do think he, he does so much for um, the kingdom, and he blesses so many people. It's just there's a lot of times in his sermons that he'll share about, like, it almost sounds like he's defending himself. Like, he'll say— like, he'll share something we should do as believers and justify how he does that. Like, I do this, and I do this, and yes. my church does this. And, I, I, like, at first I was like, huh, interesting. And I'm like, okay. You know, I feel like it's fine because, you know, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, you know, taking accountability for what he does right, and I see him do that. But then I hear, like, some statements where he shares his opinion about something, and it almost seems like that's the right opinion, the way he states it. And, yes. like, if someone kind of, like—and it's secondhand, not important stuff. Um, sure. And it's not like he's making a religion. It's just—I it's, feel like there's a little pride there. And I don't know if it's just me, like—and maybe I feel convicted when I, I don't feel that way, but— um, I'm just wondering, like, should I keep listening to this pastor, or and if I 
if I, I have met the pastor in person, sometimes I see him, should I kind of ask him about it? You know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that it's a multi-layered question. You know, the first thing I, I think of is that Jesus gave this principle uh, when he was describing himself. Actually, it was a truth. He said, the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. And so true sheep hear the voice of Christ, follow him, live for him. And I believe in that truth, there's a principle that it can apply to you and me, and that is we hear some pastors, and they have, they, God uses them in our lives different than other pastors. So it's never a big deal if you're listening, you know, like to Grace FM, and you go, well, I, I like Pastor A, really ministers to my heart, but I don't like Pastor B. He doesn't seem to minister to my heart as much as Pastor A does. And, you know, I don't think I want to listen to him anymore. Because we have this desire to be right with God and we have in our minds interpretive anything that we like is positive and anything we don't like has to be negative, we get a guilt trip about it. And I would just say you have permission to listen to someone or not listen to someone without being guilty about it um, and without having any feelings of guilt, just saying, you know, I've been hearing this person for a while and and I just don't think he resonates with me anymore. Uh, And that's okay uh, if you make that choice, number one. Number two, if you have an opportunity to talk to him, you should. You should talk to him. Um, let me let, let me go out on a limb and say, are you talking about me? Maybe. Okay, so talk to me about your feeling because you should share that with me. Um, that way we could process it and we could process it publicly. You don't even have to be all nervous talking to me in person. Give me an example okay. that you that you have that maybe would move you on to listen to someone else? Well, I, for example, like the Christmas Day um, thing, where yes. uh, I heard you talking about it in one of your live um, sermons, and you're saying we're going to go on Christmas Day regardless of everything. Yes. Um, and I did, it did feel almost like, on the surface, it was almost a combination for churches that are deciding not to do Sunday services, which is my church. Um, they are doing two services on Saturday more than they usually will. And um, Sundays they're leaving for family. And I think that was a conviction on their own heart and that I, I don't see anything wrong with that. And so it just felt like a, this is my opinion. And um, I, I felt a little pride from it. And yeah. I really do care and love you. And I yeah. understand your point there. Um, but I also see the other side of it, too, and I don't see the point in, um, you know, making that statement. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think your assessment is right, and I, for you and anyone else listening, uh, need to ask for your forgiveness. I think you're 100% accurate on that particular one you just shared. So let me just start by saying, will you forgive me for that? Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely will. And let me let you in on a, on our staff meeting this morning. We were talking about this uh, in our staff meeting, and we were talking about very, very similar, um, exactly, not exactly, but very similar to what you just shared. And uh, I w- I'm in our staff meeting, I expressed the same thing um, that I did, because it isn't my conviction, uh, and it is my opinion. You're right on both those accounts. Um, and I have good reasons for that. Um, for my conviction and my opinion. Absolutely. However, Absolutely. it is an opinion. And, you know, I think uh, as much as someone would be able to share their opinion, um, I too should be able to share my opinion. However, 
when it doesn't really edify or build anyone up, I need to learn how to die to myself and I need to learn how to die to my opinions, like the one that you just shared, and learn how to maybe instead to take that opinion and navigate it through the scriptures for a discipleship moment. And that's really what we talked about this morning, because that voice should be shared. Like that, my opinion is just as valid as any other conviction, right? So it should be shared. Um, but whether it was pride or whether it was just um, inappropriate or wrong timing or whatever it is, as a pastor, I want my voice I, to the best of my ability because I'm a human, but I want my voice, I want people to hear me and I want to be able to influence. I really don't want to offend. I don't want to be the offending party. And we talked about it, and the, and and some in our staff shared very similar feedback that you just did um, uh, with me this morning and with us, because I'm not the only one that shares that opinion. And I'm also reminded, and, and again, so the fact that the timing and your bravery, I give you uh, great props in the Lord for being brave and cur- courageous to be honest with me on the on the air and be on openly on the radio because we we're talking about this and the reality of of this particular issue while I have opinions I want to be influential but I don't want to be offensive I want I want to be able to someone to hear my voice and if again let's just say I wasn't offensive let's say I shared it in the appropriate way um let me let, that I shared hey we're going to be open on Christmas um we're, you know, we're not going to get this chance for another 11 years to worship the birth of Jesus Christ on the literal day of Christmas. Um, and this is where, like, why would we ever cancel Sunday service with the exception of maybe danger or ice or something in Colorado? Like, if we could share that, that would be influential. Um, to me, that's important because my voice is just as right. important as anyone else. But I have to be careful. Um, because of just what you shared, and you're not the only one that shared it with me, so thank you. Thank you so much for saving that. Um, I, I really do love you, Ed, and I, I re- really love your ministry, and I'm just so glad that you received that the way you did. So um, yeah. thank you. You're welcome. For, and being humble enough, too. Like, I was... <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Well, I, I mean, um, I, I, I have a, my wife um, has a very uh, large voice. She's the largest voice in my life besides the Holy Spirit, even though sometimes the Holy Spirit sounds like my wife. God uses her to speak to me. And this is a topic she and I have been talking about for years because there, there, is, there is so much opinion in my life that if I'm not careful, my opinions will supersede what I've been put on the earth to do. And what I've been put on the earth to do is not to make opinions the biggest thing coming from my life, but rather to teach people the Bible, encourage them, love them, and serve them well. And so, like I said, this is a great opportunity for me to hear it from someone outside of uh, my immediate circle, and it's only confirming what Marie's been telling me for years, and even this morning, um, what we talked about in our staff meeting. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. <laughs> With that said, yes. um, oh, you had I a prayer request. A prayer request as yes. well, and I'll make it quick. Okay. Um, my friend, I met her on the streets about a year ago, and I've watched her just struggle. And uh, 
she's been battling for rights to have her daughter, mm-hmm. and she just lost that. Um, but with all of the amazing opportunities that the Lord has given me to be a part of her life, she's finally opening up, wow. being, becoming sober. Oh, and wow. um, with a, a group of believers who are going to encourage her in that path. So I just want to lift her up. I doubt she's listening. Her name's Cameron. All right, let's do that. Father, Thank I pray you. for Cameron. I pray, first of all, in rejoicing for the great victories you've brought into her life, um, just how much progress you have brought her so quickly, even though she may not feel like it's quick, and just how much clarity of mind you've given her by removing the alcohol as an impediment and as a barrier. But I also pray for her, God, in all that she has to deal with now without the alcohol and just the full weight of many of the difficulties in her life, many of the challenges. And I thank you for bringing uh, this sister into her life, Lord, that providentially you brought Julia to a place where you could, she could serve her, she could help her. Uh, and now as you bring you know, the, the reality of the great pain and, and the need for great healing in her life, I pray that you would rescue one more. I think of, um, I think of the man that was in the tombs, you know, just untouchable, and nobody wanted to be around him. But you brought him to his right mind, and I pray that into Cameron's life right now, and continue to use Julia as an amazing yielded force in the Spirit to minister your love and grace in a very difficult situation. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Julia. Keep us up to date. I will. God Thank bless you, Ed. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. You know, I think uh, one of the things we learned with Julia's call, too, is that Matthew 18, you know, the God's, um, God's prescription for resolving most of our interpersonal conflicts— if you've been offended by someone, you go to them, you and him alone. Of course, being on the radio is a little different, although, you know, let's give it to Julia, the the idea that she wanted counsel, and then I just sensed that maybe it was me, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But if it was me, then I can just honestly deal with it. And I think that the reality of who we are and and the the humanity that we bring into situations is so important and and it is uncomfortable that's probably why many people don't do it or at least don't step out to try to do it and um we should because the holy spirit wants to stir things up and 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 it's amazing the timing of the lord and and just everything we've been talking about and even marie talking to me about these things you know just opinions and it's not even just on this um um, just opinions. They just keep coming out of me. And, and Marie loves to say, not my servant. Like she reminds me in, um, in her um, phraseology, what the Bible says, who are you to judge another man's servant? And I was thinking too, I don't think I shared it with Julia, but um, thinking in my own life, I want to be more usable for the kingdom. I don't want to be less usable. And I know that my personality and um, can easily tip to the edge, even as um, it kind of goes together what God's doing in my life uh, recently, like Daryl, you know, where am I nine years later? Well, what I find is I'm much stronger nine years later after grief 
You know, like, like some of the giftings in my life uh, went dormant, uh, like, the, like the gift of leadership and the gift of exhortation. And I think that that's part. I only shared this at one service this weekend, but I have been sharing it uh, with our team, this whole thing about closing on on um, on Christmas. And, and I'm sure I've been coming off wrong uh, because I've been delivering it wrong. Um, and, and maybe more of my opinion and less of the Lord. So praise God for honesty. When we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Let's go over to Pennsylvania now. Peter is calling. Peter, welcome to the program. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Peter. What's going on? Um, I had this thing where I was talking to another Christian man. Okay. And it got to the point where, you know, it seemed to start to be an argument, so I just stopped. Okay. You know what I mean? Because Yes, I do. You know, you know if the Holy Spirit's upon your heart or not. Yes, I do. You know what I mean? Yes. Somebody can't tell you yes or no. Only you... God himself, you know, his son Jesus in the Spirit knows that they're upon you. That's correct. I agree with you. So my question was, okay, God made a pact with Noah to be an everlasting covenant, never to perish, fade away, or anything, when he did the flood. And he gave Noah that sign in the sky, which is for all man to see, you know what I mean, to remind us that he will never do this and he's being merciful to us when we see a rainbow in the sky. Yes. So with it being an everlasting covenant, never to perish and fade away, did you ever find a rainbow in New Jerusalem? Well, there, there's, there are rainbows in the New Covenant for sure. You bet. Yeah. So one day I was studying the Word, and in the 21st chapter of Revelation— when they talk about the New Jerusalem, you know, each one of the stones on the outside wall is a different colored stone. And then God the Father said, there will be no more uh, sun and no more moon. For God will be the light and Jesus is the lamp. You know, and then you sit there and think, well, how can we make that rainbow shine? The only way that we can make it shine is to praise the Lord with all our mind, body, strength, and might, for Jesus is Lord. And the more we praise him, the more God gets the glory for what he's done for us, and that lamp gets brighter and brighter. And as you're standing away from the kingdom, you're out in the, we'll say the meadow, looking around, and then all of a sudden you turn around and you see the rainbow wrapped around New Jerusalem. Because it's never fading away, never perishing, you know what I'm saying? Because it's an everlasting covenant God made with his children. Yeah, I think that the reality of God's everlasting covenant is he keeps his word. And one of the reasons he he gave us the rainbow is so that we wouldn't forget it. So any types of reminders, if even necessary, any kind of reminders in the eternal state is a reminder of God's faithfulness in the past. Right now, when we see a rainbow, it's going to be a reminder of God's faithfulness to the end, to the future, but any type of reminder, whatever that might look like in our eternal state, in, in the fullness of our new bodies and our new minds, will be a reminder of God's faithfulness in the past. Oh, yes, for sure, 100%. And, you know, see, one day the preacher man says to me, he pulls, us, pulls me up on stage <clears throat> with the rest of the 
the the folks in there and he says, Brother Pete and I have one thing in common. And he said, What is and then they said, Well, what is that, Brother Den? And they were like, Well, we both have tattoos. And I said to him, I said, But Brother Den, you're forgetting something. He said, What is that? I said, When we come to the glory of God, we're gonna have a new body. You know what I mean? And he just laughed and said, Oh yes we will. Oh yes we will. Yes, well God we, bless you, you out there in Pennsylvania, I mean? my brother. Yeah, Love you, man. <laughs> 303-690-3000. Praise God for his faithfulness in our lives. Where are we? Uh, we are in Baltimore. James, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you this evening? Good, how are you? Doing good, just wrapped on a movie set. Say that again? Just wrapped on a television show. You are? What are you doing? Uh, with the background extra. Oh, fantastic. That sounds like fun. What do you do? Just stand there? Yep. I was uh, just walking walking around downtown New York and downtown Baltimore. Did you do it for free or did they pay you? Uh, it was paid, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, great. What can I do for you? Yeah, so I heard the lady talking earlier about the demonic spirits, and I actually encountered a demon when I was 11 years old. Yes. And it's something that... I kind of I moved to L.A. to try to be a filmmaker and kind of ran away like the prodigal son. Yes. And I really came home during the pandemic and did a lot of soul searching. And like, how did you know, like you had an interaction with someone that was possessed with a demonic spirit? Yeah. Kind of my question. Yeah, I don't know that you can know for sure. Like, there's no list of things I know some people try to write books and say, well, if these five things happen, then you definitely face the demonic. I think partly it's like your spirit, uh, the spirit of God within you is bearing witness that you're dealing with something demonic. Um, that, but, but I think that it's, it's probably more like the, the demonic, it's probably more rare than we realize. You know, most, of the, most of the time we're dealing with people wrestling with their flesh or maybe even mentally challenged uh, in their, you know, in the bro- in the brokenness of their sin, of, sin brokenness of their body. Um, but I, I would have to say because I, I processed it within my own thinking, and it's just one of those things you know that you know. And and I, I guess I could look back and go, man, I think that that was truly demonic. I mean, I've been a part of of I've been a part of um, exorcisms. You know, I've been a part of people's voice changing. I I remember a couple of instances where I had to deliver a strong word to someone and their whole countenance changed and their voice changed. I'm like, man, I, the only thing I can account is it was demonic. Um, but I don't know that we could know for sure. Maybe it's one of the things that, that we encountered the demonic realm a lot more than we realized, or sometimes we thought it was demonic and it wasn't. Um, and that's why I just try to abide in Christ and Whatever it might yeah. be, if it was demonic or it was difficult, the Lord still got me through it. And I feel like, yeah, like I, I grew up in <clears> church, <throat> but like during my middle school and high school years, like I was really into horror movies. My best friend in middle school also, his his mother was like a practicing witch, yeah. like a wicked. Yeah. Like she does tar- she would read us tarot cards and yep. and, and there's a really big for like Halloween time and we have haunted houses and so she would always be like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna clear the the haunted dungeons of spirits this October, so the ghosts don't haunt our haunted dungeons. I think another indication, as you were talking and reminding me, I think when we're involved with people that are tapping into the demonic, 
that are, uh, whether it's tarot cards or that kind of stuff, or they're alcohol, you know, pharmacia, drug use, illegal, illicit drug use. You know, when we're dealing with people that are opening themselves up to the demonic, I think there's a greater indication that there's going to be demonic activity, um, just like you just described with your friend's mom. I mean, it, you, you've got somebody that's inviting the demons to come. There's a good chance they're taking that invitation. Yeah. And, like, as a Christian, I've always been really into horror movies. Like, I want to be a horror film director. Like, do you think Christians can enjoy, like, Halloween time and horror movies and scary houses and all that? I do, but I don't think it's as easy as people think. Um, because, you know, when you think about the film industry, like you described, you know, it's, it's much more than just you being involved. Now you're creating something that's going to spook other people. And I know it's fiction. I get that, but it's a fictional, you know, representation of something that is real. Um, it's kind of like, you know, songs, you know, how we grew up and said, oh, you know, I don't know the lyrics. I, I just listen to music for the, for the beat or for the melody, but. If you go to a, uh, you know, see somebody doing karaoke or you hear a music, uh, you'll be surprised how many lyrics you know, because music is a lyric delivery mechanism, just as movies is an idea delivery mechanism. And so, yes, while I think a believer can navigate in the very difficult world of Hollywood, I think it's very difficult for that believer to do so. And it requires a great maturity uh, a great confirmation of the Holy Spirit. Um, but we're in this world. We're not of it. And I think that believers need to invade Hollywood with their gifts and skills and talents. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's possible. Um, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I lived in L.A. for eight years, and I think God brought me home for a reason, and now hopefully I can... I, I love, like, The Chosen is one of, like, my favorite shows, and sure. I hope to see Dallas Jenkins, the creator of it, one day, make <laughs> That. Yeah, I think I think even so, I think not only not only do we need Christians producing Christian content, but we also need Christians producing secular content so that their voice can be heard and their input and their director skills or their producer skills or things that would send a positive message in a secular environment is also uh, important. So as the Lord leads you, he's going to use you greatly. Yeah, thank you so much. Enjoy All right, brother. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690. I'm going to try to take Sarah's call very quickly because we only have a minute or two. Sarah Fort Collins, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. Hi. You're on I'll the air? Um, so I had a quick question. Okay. Um, so after Jesus dies and is resurrected, he sees Mary Magdalene, um, and he tells her that he hasn't been to see his father. And so a lot of Christians believe that he went to hell for three days and delivered um, God's chosen of the old times. And I was just curious, like, what we should believe on that, and if you have any scripture that evidences that truth. I do. There's a, a real important passage of scripture that speaks about the time between Jesus' death and resurrection. Uh, and so let me answer your question very directly. Uh, Jesus did not go to hell for three days and three nights. It was okay. like instantaneous. And what he did was he emptied out the torment section of Abraham's bosom, of all the old covenant believers that were waiting for the absolute fulfillment 
of the new covenant on the cross and his resurrection. So in a technical sense, it says that he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. This is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Uh, he gave gifts to men. He ascended to the lowest parts of the earth. He also ascended above the heavens. Uh, he did release and lead captivity captive, but he didn't, like some of the faith teachers and some of the false teachers, he didn't uh, go in heaven and fight the devil. I mean, go to hell and fight the devil in, in anguish, and he was okay. stuck in hell. He is king of kings and lord of lords. All the authority and power that's, that, that God has was vested in Jesus Christ because he is God. It's been given to him by the Father. Um, so in a real sense, you know, the th- idea that we have of hell today, when we use that word, we're actually using that word marginally incorrect, because what we really should refer to is Gehenna, because Gehenna is the permanent place of torment. Hell is a temporary place, Hades, a temporary place, because at the end of the age, Hades and death is going to be thrown into the lake of fire, into Gehenna. And so when we say hell today, kind of using that word, uh, even when someone uses it pejoratively, uh, we're thinking of eternal damnation. But Hades is actually a place of temporary uh, uh, damnation that will be then thrown into the permanent location known as the Lake of Fire or Gehenna. Okay. So don't think of Jesus as weak and fighting the devil. He is victorious. And no, you're good. I never believed that perfect. concept, but thank you for addressing You're welcome. Him. You hear the music. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for calling. What a great show today. So grateful for the body of Christ. What a blessing to be a part of this program and be a small part of the huge work that God's doing in your life. So God bless you guys. Be encouraged and Lord willing, I'll be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.